0: David we're holding at the end of Paratabalafish Malada. We're learning about this. when David runs away from Shoal he goes to Achish which was a strange thing to do. Like we spoke about Achish was his enemy. Achish was a, a king of the Ishtim who were David's long-term so to speak adversary. And Achish or his Achish's servants recognize David and they say, how can you let this man he's our enemy? And what happens is David Acts as if he's Meshuggah, as if he's crazy. We spoke about the difference between the Mephoshim if David actually did become uh, become crazy in the sense that he lost his mind and it wasn't an act, it was uh, something Hashem did as a miracle in order to save his life, or to David pretending to act that way when in reality he was still sane. And it was a convincing enough demonstration that Akish didn't think it was David. And I pointed out, even though probably he still looked like David, but the way he acted was so bizarre that Achish didn't think that this was David, and therefore uh, he chases he chases him away. We saw the passage and my short of people who are crazy. We saw Chazal tell us that Achish and his own family and family members who are similarly crazy, and he said, the last thing I need is to bring somebody else into my home. And the long, and the question is, might be the way Hakadosh Baruch chose. To save David by putting on this show or this temporary temporary insanity, What did David gain by that? He didn't land up staying by Achish. He got driven out of Achish's home. He came back to struggle again. So the whole the whole venture seems to have been something which was without any purpose. Like we said, we didn't understand why David in the first place went to Achish, and it wasn't like it actually saved him. He didn't stay there. the The fact was that he got saved by being chased out of Akshah's country, so you just stand up back where he, where he began. Not only that, saw HaShem has said that the reason why Hashem chose madness as a way to save David, when there could be uh, many other ways Hashem could have saved him as well, is to miramish to him, that his going to Action in the first place was an act of well, it was, was lacking understanding. It was a stupid thing to do. That's what we began to talk about last time. That's what we, we began talking last time, uh, and what was David expecting, and how did it work out? How did the Akhenosh make the story unfold? So once again, uh, David was f- now realized that Shaul was out to kill him, and he wants to go to a place which isn't under Shul's jurisdiction, so there could have been many places. Neighboring countries which might not have been uh, under Shoal's influence and wouldn't necessarily have worked with trial against him. Yeah. We asked the question why did he choose to go to the Pleshtim? So, really, what David was thinking was that the Pleshtim would consider him a valuable defector. And that is, you know, not, they could look at him as this is our enemy, but on the other hand, if it's somebody that's a high ranking officer on the enemy side, and they're willing to come to surrender to you, so then it's uh, it's, it's very valuable uh, to an enemy country, so to speak, to have a higher source of information or somebody uh, who was considered uh, part of the hierarchy of the enemy. So, David didn't think he was going to get killed, on the contrary, David thought he would get treated like a welcome guest. Like, if you're going to come to our side, then on the contrary, we, we want a a spy. We want somebody who knows everything going on on the enemy army. Um, so maybe David originally intended when he went to Achish that he would be protected there rather than be be endangered there. And that's not what happened. What happened was Achish's servants say they said, We recognize this is David and if that's the case, he was our enemy. He's the one that they used to say about him that he killed tens of thousands of us. And that David becomes afraid, like the Pasuk says, the Pasuk is Gimel, now he's afraid that maybe going to Achish is going to work against him, maybe rather than utilize him as a, as a hostage, as a captive, maybe they're going to try and kill him. So what was the answer that was what? Akkadish Baruch gave David, either he did it himself, or like we said, was something Hashem caused, and that is that he acted in a way which convinced him this wasn't David, this was somebody who was, uh, missing in the intelligence, somebody who was insane And Chazal tell us about this Chazal said that Doi once, once said to Hashem He said, Hashem, I understand everything You created in your world Except for insanity A person who doesn't have the dice. So what, what role can he play And really the question is a very good question Because if you just add a bit more To explain what David was asking and That is, Hashem creates a person for a Akhirah Hashem creates a person to do a job, Hashem creates a person to be able to think and to be able to decide and to be able to act uh, in a way which Hashem wants a person to do. And if that's the case, if you have a human being who has no faculty of his his mind, he can't think, he can't decide, he can't do anything uh, logical, so then what's the point of his creation? Now when it comes to other parts of the priya, we can tell that they play a secondary role. In other words, they need to be animals, they need to be birds, they need to be plants, they need to be ants. So maybe they aren't doing anything in the terms of Bechirah or in the terms of directly bringing about Hashem's expectation for the world, but they're a necessary part of the process, they're a necessary part of the ecosystem. When we come to human being, so maybe we can talk about people who don't know about Hashem as filling a, pot, filling a job, filling a duty in creation, but somebody who doesn't have that, which means they're incapable of doing anything. So David had difficulty understanding what part are they playing in the world? What part are they playing in the world? And Hashem says, the response to David, David asked him about it, was, in other words, I promise one day you'll need you'll need this, uh, this very attribute that you're now ridiculing, that you're now saying was unnecessary, necessary. And that was over here. When David utilized that middle of insanity, to save his life. How does it answer that? And now the question, obviously, is what Levi Sarah is about to say. It's a nice story, it's a nice marriage, but it doesn't answer anything. Because the question is still a question. And the question is, in what way is that a necessary part of the prayer? Now, it's because one time David used it to save his life, doesn't tell us very much. <laughs> that that's the, So, if it had it not been for that, it would have been a different way Hashem would have used to save him. The fact that... Uh, the fact that this was the means that Hashem gave him was now that I've explained over the point of insanity, it's still the question still remains. What what what, what benefit is there in the world? What benefit is there in the world for people are crazy? What is it uh what is it achieved? <coughs> what is it what does it add to the prayer? So we need to understand that what has what was meant in the Midrash. Hashem said, you'll need this midrash. wasn't the fact, and this is an important part of the story, wasn't the fact that David either became or acted temporarily in that period of time as somebody who was insane, who had lost his mind. Rather, what helped David was the fact that Achish already had a family of people like that. And that's why uh, uh, Achish is like we see in the Torah, I have too many of these people already. Which means, had he not had other people, they wouldn't necessarily have helped David. What helped David is that there were the Mishragoim. And now, because of that, I I already have an asylum, I'm not looking for more inmates. So, what helped David was not that he became acted crazy, but rather that Akhish already had people in like his family acted crazy. And now, what is that teaching David? What is the point of that? So, let's look at the possible container. We you know we say, Rishabas is a mismatch here David composed specially for the occasion. The David, the said, is time in Ishnavi Melech, to Roshav. The, the special, uh, the capital the, Tehillim, Adagil composed in recognition, in gratitude for this particular incident that uh, when he was by Achish, and he acted in that way which Achish made, him, made, made Achish think that he wasn't, Adagil al-Melech, he was someone who was crazy. And, and uh, as a result, he got saved. This is a side point. The Tehillim said if Na'avi Melech. And that's just a proof. So it's always said that the kings of the Philistim were called David. We know his name was Achish. Uh, so why does the pasuk say "if Nevi That was just a title for the kings of the Philistim. So David is now the king of the Philistim, and he and he, he he dismisses him. He chases him away. So where, where where in the capital to hit him? Do we see the David referring to this this Midah? Of what did to save him obviously seems to talk about lots of other things in that capital but where is the where's the specific hisaxis as we say that uh, that to, to thanking hashem specifically for this particular incident uh, that, that hashem saved him through the middle of madness through mission time so the the pastors, after talking about all the times Hashem protects Sadikim in all different forms which the whole Mizma talks about. From the beginning until the end. Rabbi Sra, Hashem. The many evil that Sadiq Hashem saves him, Shemash of Hashem protects all his bonds, none of them get broken. and eventually the enemies of Sadikim will be destroyed. But then he says, Hashem Nefesh saves the Nefesh of his servants, And those who trust in him will never, yes, will never be guilty, will never lose out for relying on Hashem. That was the maskani that Atavik came to from this incident. So, what does that mean? Why was that something which he specifically saw over here? Why is that something specifically saw over here? And why was that an appreciation of why Hashem creates madness, creates insanity in the world? So, the insight is like this. You say like this. And that is that let's start with the basic point before that. The Gemara says in Saitsa, it's well known, that a person doesn't do a very achetal subverstus. In other words, if if people would all be thinking, be doing things which are logical, so that people wouldn't do things wrong. The ability to do something wrong really starts from a rakshus, which means the person is not actually acting logically. You know, very often when someone gets caught for committing a crime, people say that didn't he realize he was going to get caught? Like, as soon as later, people would realize what was happening, whatever the crime might have been. Like, didn't he think, didn't he realize that some way that people are going to find out? And the answer is he didn't think. Of course, had he thought it through logically, and said, is it, is it a clever thing to do, and is there a chance to get caught? So of course he would have realized that there is. But the person didn't think. It, well, being pushed by whatever time, by whatever middle it was, that was pushing him to do whatever he wanted to do, so that puts him into a case of what the Gemara calls a rashness which means a case where he's not thinking, a case where he's not mm-hmm. logical, a case where a person's acting out of, out of craziness, out of stress. Mm-hmm. out of a... Uh, uh, because of whatever the man is pushing him to do, he's acting in, in an illogical way. If people would always be completely logical, the answer would be able to do much less. The answer will be able to do much less. Because... Logically, a lot of the things he wants a person to do that make sense. And there's always a question of and what's going to happen afterwards, and what's going to be the result, and what's going to happen if you get caught. And uh, what makes the entire successful in what he does, is that real which convinces people to follow him without thinking it through properly, without being aware of what they do, and without taking into account what the consequences are going to be. That's we know that. there's another point here also, and that is, So, in order to enable the Atzahara, so to speak, to convince people, it has to be that people don't always act logically. And that's a starting point. A person is a balseichal. A person has the ability to think logically. But people don't always exercise that. If a person would, so then they'll do much less things wrong. Because logic, if a person uses his mind, if the Rambam writes and thinks about, is what I'm having a khashif, a the negative side the person really made the calculation is this worthwhile is this is this good is the benefit going to outweigh the risk or I'd rather the embarrassment I'd rather the penalty of, of what I'm going to suffer for doing something wrong then a lot less people will do things wrong and therefore one of the things Hashem creates as a way to so to speak to make the challenge of the Sahara more real is the ability of the rashtus that people act in a way which is not logical. People act a way which isn't logical. Now, for most people, that's an option. They can choose to think logically. They can choose to to rein in whatever the taiva might be, whatever the drive might be, to make them do something wrong. The person wants to steal. It's an easy way to embezzle somebody else's money. So, of course, if a person has a taiva for money, so, of course, let's do it. Uh, I can get rich quick. And are you going to get caught? And are they going to be able to follow the paper trail? And are you going to want to get into trouble for this? People don't think like that where well, if a person could, and if a person would think it through carefully, then very often that would be the deterrent, not to do things wrong. But part of what Hashem created is that the people have the potential, or that nature, let's call it, that they act in a way which is the They act in a way which isn't logical. That's what the middleists convinced them to do. And because of that, then they do things which are wrong. That's the starting point. Now, that all is talking about a normal person who has the and can choose to act logically, and can choose to act illogically. Can choose to act illogically. Why does Hashem give people are crazy? A person who has no buchira, and a person who can only act in an illogical way. It's like we asked before. For a person like that, there isn't a choice of what he's going to choose to do or not to do. But we take it as a given already. He doesn't have the choice of thinking rationally. And therefore, everything he's going to do is irrational. And the answer is, the answer is, before we get to the Midrash, the reason Hashem creates that is to show a person what it looks like when a person acts irrationally, because that's something which is a whistle to a person. When you see somebody acting in a completely irrational fashion, so then wakes up, wakes the person up. That, that's what I look like when I also act with the Ruach Shtos. It's a deterrent for a person. And that is, a, a everyone else sees what it means a person is acting under the influence of a Ruach stos, sees what it means a person is acting without that. And then you are meant to take away that portal law. And that is, we as people who do have das, Baruch Hashem, if we choose to, so to we forego that das, if we choose to work without it, then notice for yourself, that's what you're going to be looking like too. That's what you're going to be looking like too. And therefore it's an accurate lesson for a person that don't act in a way which is without das. Look what it looks like when you see a person who acts without with, with, with the lack of das. If there's uh, it's, it's something which is a source of ridicule, a source of uh, something bizarre, something which makes no sense, make sure you don't do the same thing yourself. So why does Hashem create people like that? It's very simple. I shouldn't create people like that as a lesson to everybody else. As a lesson to everybody else, you don't want to look like that. Mm-hmm. Because, like, uh, you write, for a person like that, you feel pity. Never. He was created like that. Never he is another option. But a person who can choose to be logical and chooses to act the idiot, and chooses to act that us, by him a person only feels same. You didn't have to act that way. You could have chosen to act differently. And you still choose to act like that, that becomes a source of ridicule. And therefore, the point why Hashem creates, uh, uh, shows him in the world, is as an abject lesson for people, don't act like that. Look what it looks like when a person acts without us. That's the first point. So, what is David asking? If that's the okay, so you have a very good explanation. So, what is David asking? What is David asking? And what David was asking was that why do you need the people who showed him to show that lesson? The very fact that a person who acts without using his task, that's what he looks like. So then you can see it from people who are doing the wrong thing. You can see from those people who do it You think, what well, there was no logic, there was no seichel? there was no, there was no there was, he wasn't thinking. Yes, you see that. You see a person who's under the influence of his Yat-Sahara, right? without thinking? So why do you need the example of the person? Who has no other option. The person is completely a shaitan. Well, what does that add? And that's why Hashem said, khayekha, you're going to need that. Why? Why? Because when a person sees a real shaytah, so then that gives me a, 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 a frame of reference to when I see other people acting some he's like a shaitan. Mm-hmm. That gives me, the some speak, the, the example of what a shaytah means. So that, uh, then I don't think somebody else maybe there's something logical here that I'm missing, or maybe he has some plan. No, I know what a shaitan is. You're acting the same way. thing by Achish, had David come and screamed and shouted and performed, then He thought, look, what are you doing? Who are you putting act for? No, put yourself together. And uh, what are you? What did he come here for? But because of the Achish already had Meshagaim in his house, so he already knew what it meant to deal with people who're crazy, and he already was used to the screaming and the shouting and the, the way that Meshagaim act. So naturally, he thought, this person's also a Meshagaim which means only because he had the other people, that I'm used to this already, I know exactly what it means, he's like them. Had he not had that, if you wouldn't have seen somebody crazy, you see someone who's screaming, shouting, doing crazy things, you say, behave yourself, what's wrong with you? But because I'm used to dealing with a mental hospital, so I say, he's one of them, he's just like the others, bring him in. Or in the case, chasing that. And therefore, David understood, that's what Hashem was showing him, there's a point of insanity. There's a point to it because, it creates a reference that you can now see other people say, ah, he's acting like that. He, the, the, I, I know what it means to be Meshuggah. I know what it means to be crazy. And again, in David's case, it was something which saved him. In David's case, it was something which saved him because that way no one suspected for a second that this is David putting on an act. People said, oh, no, no, he, he's a Meshuggah. Look, he's like that. We know Meshuggah mm-hmm. But uh, what David was being taught by that is, it's always like that. That's why when a person acts in a way which is Meshuggah, you are what to relate it to and therefore it's not like a, a person is doing something wrong and he's, he's acting in a way of a meshugina. we think now maybe there's some deep meaning maybe you're in a subri is doing no we know what it means to be a That's that, that's where we look at the, a person's we look at this as a kind of insanity okay so that's uh, to explain the Chaza now to come back to the Tehillim to come back to the where do we see that by uh, in in what David thanks Hashem for that particular case. And that is that he says, <coughs> they they, be found guilty. In other words, the the maila of the case here was they wanted to make it, they, they wanted to catch David. They wanted to, this is the one who's killed so many Christians, they wanted to be make him guilty. And it was only because when he acted like a meshugana, or for whatever reason Hashem made him act like a meshugana, that then they recognized. They said, "No, this is the meshugana." That's why he wasn't indicted. That's why he wasn't prosecuted. That's why he wasn't caught. And therefore, he says, even in, even, even in that middle of being a shaita, so it was bec- that Hashem uses that as a way to protect David, that he wasn't that he, would, he never got uh, he never got punished or killed by the pishnim. Okay, that's just a, a bit of an explanation of the Khazad. Now, where did David get from the whole story? David was running away from show. David was looking for a safe haven by the Prishtim, and he didn't get it. On the contrary, he was, he, he, by going to Prishtim, he endangered himself more, and he needed to be saved in, in this way. Why, so why did he gain by that? So, there's two points, and we're going to see this in the continuation. Uh, uh, of what was the benefit for David in this part of the story. The first one was, uh, originally, at least for the beginning, a true, true show of his track. Because now that uh, Shal thinks David's left, there is it's the it's gone, to him, so now you're going to see that Shal doesn't know where to find him. And now David goes to hide, it takes time until Shal gets informants to tell him where David is. That's the one point. Um, uh, that's the one point. The other point, and that is the... Yeah? Okay, that, that's one point. That, like, you know, it, so that now that Shalad uh, thinks David's not there, so he may that he's no longer being pursued. does no, has no way to find him. He was not a threat anymore. Say? He's probably also not a threat anymore if he disappeared, no? Well, I mean, Shalad still thinks of him as a threat. Shalad no where he is. Um, that, that's the one point. Um, the other point we're going to see is that this is the turning point. Until now, David was by himself. David by himself, now a, a, a band of people form around David. A band of people form around David and he becomes the head of a group, which eventually is going to become the head of an army. And this is very interesting, because we are going to see, when that army is fully ready, then David goes back to Eris Prishti a second time. And this time he has his whole army with him, so this time no one's going to touch him. So the, this first uh, venture to Eris Prishtim was the beginning of a process, which we're going to see it eventually ends up the second time, David comes back with all his soldiers that has pushed him. We have to explain why this was that point which began, so to speak, the process of David's uh, running together a band of people who are going to follow him and eventually become the army that he works with. And he's helping the so This is just the beginning of of place. So David goes and he hides in the place, of the, the, the caves of Adulam. And his family, his brothers, they are all here, and they come and join him there. And this is a question: as we saw previously, the Nach, David's brothers weren't particularly close to him. On the contrary, so why now that David is a fugitive, um, are his brothers and his family the ones to come and join him in in hiding, in trying to escape? Why would they? What? What? What, what, what would they gain by doing that? So the mepharshim give one of two answers. The one answer is, that um, they were afraid of Shaul, because they were scared if Shaul does know where David is, then the first people he's going to try and interrogate is David's family, where where is David? And because of that, they also said they have to try and escape too, so then they run away from their hometown and, and hide with David, that way Shaul can't get his hands in them either, because they thought otherwise they were the most likely to be the first ones to be brought in for interrogation, like or whatever's going to be. Or be he held as hostages for David. That's uh, one answer which is given in the fashion The other answer is given in the Fashion is a little bit different. And that is, remember, Shul, David's family knew that he was the one who was as a the king. They were the ones who sought. And therefore, when they, at this stage, then they realized that that um, David's going to be the king. So therefore, they're going to rally around him in anticipation of him becoming the king. Because they were the only ones who actually knew they had the Levu. Well, they heard Shmuel's word that this was going to happen. So David is joined by his family, his brothers, his whole family, and besides that, his every person in distress, anyone who had a creditor they couldn't pay, so you someone to run away from, and every person in in prison situation, and they came to join David. So it became a big band of followers to follow him. He became their leader it grew to 400 people 400 people And they all looked for refuge by being So to fugitives of David Running away from each one Whoever they were running away from So that was the That was the Fathers of David Now most of these people uh, Would be an army mm-hmm. uh, Most of these people you could back into an army You could make into soldiers but, like we saw, David's whole family was there, including his parents. And at that stage, his parents were already old. And David didn't feel that the his parents were able to live <coughs> the kind of life of running from the, from Shoal and hiding in caves and whatever else they needed to be a fugitive. So the Pope <laughs> says, <inaudible> David goes to Mitzvah as a part of Mayab. <inaudible> and he says to the king of Moab, Can <inaudible> my parents come and stay with you? until I know what's going to be with me. Uh, Moiv was a foreign country, and therefore it wasn't somebody who was under Shaul's uh, rule, or had to listen to what Shaul wanted. And uh, besides that, as you know, David's family originally came from Moev. Rus, who was David's great-grandmother, was a princess of Moiv. So therefore David thought that Moiv, as distant family members, would be willing to, so to provide safe haven to his parents. And that's why he says, Now, parents stay with you. Until I know what actually wants for me, and he bleeds them, he brings them to the king of Mayav And they stay with the king of Mayav All the days David was in hiding All the days David was in the, in the, in the caves Now the mashmos of the Pasuk It doesn't tell us what happened after that But it seems like it's only while David was hiding there That they were with the king of Mayav so when David left, what happened, why well, weren't well, they with were the king of Moab anymore after that? So then Chazal say in the Midrash that when David was very nearby, the king of Moab looked after them because David had a whole force of people with him. But as soon as David left somewhere else, the king of Moab was no longer afraid and he actually killed David's parents. And uh, you're going to see later on, when David becomes king, that David is going to take revenge on the king of love for killing his family. Okay, so that's the uh, that's the uh, now the question is why, why did David's father Yishai, who was you know a tremendous study, one of the people that Gomorrah says there was a deserve to be dying in such a way? You know to, to be killed by someone who was meant to be providing him a safe haven. Why would he? Why would that happen? So it's an interesting point, and that is on the one hand you could ask the question like, what did he do to deserve such a death? On the other hand, this is an interesting point which is brought in the Beit Yosef said for the Maggid Meishar. When the Beit Yosef lived to the age of about 90, in 87, 88 maybe, he lived uh, uh, for that time a very old age. And we know that Beit Yosef had a Maggid, a Malach, who he used to speak to. And in the end, towards the end of his life, the Beit Yosef asks the Malach that when he decores, he wants to be killed or kill the Shosham. And he asks, for well, this was, that when, well, that he, he shouldn't die, so to speak. A natural death, he wants to be killed with a Hashem, it's a much bigger schuss. And the manak is bad, and the manak says, No, you're not zaycha, sorry, you're going to die a natural death. He's upset about it. And it's an interesting perspective. That is, that, uh, that on the one hand, it's true that to be killed is a much uh, less peaceful way of dying, but on the other hand, it's a source. If a person has opportunity to be killed with this. Hashem, so then and the Mazdiyah the, the, is for that schuss. And uh, it could be that it's as much as Yisrael didn't deserve to die, like we said, so at least is, that, that's why had he died normally it wouldn't have created a Kiddush Hashem. In fact, that he was killed as, uh, as a Jew, as a Tzalik, whatever it would have been, so then that, then he died as a Kiddush Hashem, it could have been something which other done for him was a, a minor um, That's the only answer I've seen, I haven't seen any other unfortunately explaining why Yisrael got killed, he definitely didn't deserve it on the country, the like Gemara says, that so he didn't deserve to die at all. Either way around, that was uh, part, of the, part of the goddess that David went through, what happened to his parents, and now we're going to see later on, uh, David, when he becomes a king, is going to avenge against the, the people of Mar, the king of Mar, for what they did to his family.